welcome everyone to Enter the Vortex with Carol and Aaron, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. This week, we are talking about mediumship and like the weird and wacky world that that can bring. Mm-hmm. I know, Carol, you have some very interesting stories to share, and mm. I will, while you speak your first story, I will no try problem. to come up with something myself. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting experience with mediumship my, for myself as well, so mm-hmm. we will uh, take it away, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I honestly have to say that at this stage in the game of my life, I never thought I would be saying that I have these skills turned on, um, but they have been really amplified. Um, they started uh, probably in 2016, but if I actually think back to, you know, when I was a kid and you freak out about, you know, your, somebody's basement feels a little off. Well, there's probably a reason. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Contact your local medium. Get yourself someone, <laughs> some, someone to help you out with that. But um, ultimately, with the passing of my dad in 2016, that was my first real true experience with speaking with a disincarnate soul and not really knowing what was going on, but yet at the same time, having it such a powerful and moving experience. Um, I was actually in Mexico the following year when I started to put two and two together that this was actually my dad communicating. And I was there for um, a very interesting, beautiful spiritual retreat. And while there in Mexico, I had uh, my dad come through loud and clear, like like shouting my name from beyond the veil loud and clear at approximately five o'clock in the morning. So like when you're in your little retreat room by yourself and you know, you're in the corner of this mansion on the ocean and you're like in another country and you hear your name being shouted by your dad who you know is already dead. Like it's, it's like you definitely sit up out of bed and you're like, am I crazy? Or did that actually happen? Um, definitely be a very interesting experience I could imagine (laughs) absolutely absolutely but what came through was was like okay I had the acceptance and the the consciousness enough in my like half sleep state to be like okay I recognize you what's the message and I heard loud and clear you were so loved and this is a message that he was not really able to say incarnate because he grew up in a family where you didn't show affection and it was like affection was a nasty name calling but like in a joking way um and you know also the generation of where men need to you know suck up their emotions and don't show them and that kind of stuff so for me to hear him say that was really affirming for me and it really helped me move forward with um like forgiveness and letting go of all of the stuff that we would fight about when he was around because man we did not get along we were both two peas of the same pod and we just butted heads all the time and it didn't matter and my opinion was louder than his or his opinion was louder than mine and I actually have more I would say that my relationship with my dad is much better now that he's passed than what it ever could have been while he was alive and there's many reasons for that but um, ultimately the one person in the family that really didn't believe in this stuff was the reason why I started getting these skills to show up mm-hmm. and typical of me I don't necessarily always believe everything right away. So I had some doubts about it, whether or not it was even my dad, even though I heard his voice loud and clear. Cause like, you know, you could you imagine that in your head, right? Like, am I crazy? I don't know, probably, but that's fine. So fast forward to later on that day after me attempting to go back to sleep from that experience, um, I had a, it was part of the retreat was getting um, some different spa treatments. So I had my spa treatment day. And I decided I was going to go for a hike to the beach, which was down 
you had to bike to get to the beach. You couldn't just walk. And I was like really ruminating on whether or not it was really him. I was looking for some kind of validation, like, because, you know, why, why would I take it at face value? I've got to know like six different signs and like the blood of my firstborn or something to prove to me that this is accurate. Yeah. I said, okay, if that's really you, then show me the butterfly from our jewelry box. Because before he had passed, he was working on a cedar box for me. And I was adamant that I didn't want it painted, but he found this picture of a specific butterfly. And he's like, I would love to see one made in this color. So I made you another one. Can you please paint it for me? Which by the way, I still haven't painted, but I'm getting there, dad. And (laughs) so I didn't say anything out loud to anybody about what this butterfly would look like, but I knew what I was looking for. So I hop on the bikes, take off to the ocean for a little dip after my spa treatment. And as I'm about halfway down through, you have to kind of bike through the jungle. So it's kind of nice, but maybe a 10 minute bike ride. And this butterfly flies in front of my face. And I stopped dead in my tracks in the middle of this little jungle passage. And I was like, well, that's interesting because it was exactly the butterfly I was looking for. But again, still wanting to prove to myself that this is actually what's going on. I go hop in the ocean, right? Typical of me. I gotta gotta see it six times sideways (laughs) before I believe it. Um, So I hop in my ocean and have my little swim. And I'm like, you know, kind of integrating the fact that I just had this experience with the butterfly, but me being cocky, I'm like, all right, that's really you. Show me more butterflies. Hop on my, like, finish off in the water, dry off a little bit, hop back on the bike to go back for our dinner. And on my way back, in roughly the same area of the jungle, there's this one bush off to the side that had, it's kind of sitting in a clearing. And just before I was approaching this bush, and this is broad daylight, by the way, like middle of the afternoon, um, a whole cluster of butterflies fly in front of me. And every single butterfly in that cluster was a different butterfly. And it all landed on the bush beside me, including the one, the original one. And I just kind of thought I had to stop again. And I was like, I can't deny this. There's no, like, there's no way, shape or form that I can actually turn around and say that I made this up because I physically saw these butterflies and I asked for them. Mm -hmm. And the butterfly in, in specific that I was looking for was, um, I think the technical name for it is the blue morpho, which is mostly black with teal iridescent tails, kind of like a swallowtail. And that's not a very common butterfly is from what I understand. I could be wrong. Is anyone out there smarter than me on that? You know, want to correct me? That's cool. Um, but it also wasn't like, I'm not really aware of butterfly migration patterns, but it was like end of April, I think, or early April in Mexico. So the fact that I was able to see that one in particular, plus a whole cluster of multiple different types in the same area, it was just like, okay, I get it. I heard you. And then um, it really flooded me with like having to go through the forgiveness process and letting all of that go because often these people that are around you, especially your loved ones that have passed on, like if they have unfinished business, they're going to try and, and come to you to, to help you so that they can also have that that freedom as well right so for me to be able to forgive my dad pretty quickly after that it was like a huge emotional release and a beautiful experience and now I joke around with him all the time and I'm like hey I need a dad joke today and sure enough somebody that I run into at a store somewhere has the most ridiculous old man joke ever and it's fantastic and I was like hey cool thanks dad you know or I'll see butterflies when it's butterfly season here or all those little things and it's just like for me it has really shaped my grieving process to be something much different than what many of us tend to get sucked into 
um, mm -hmm. because it allowed me to realize like, hey, there's more to life than what we're experiencing here. Let's go, let's have some fun while we're here. Let's not hang on to our anger and our resentments. And let's like actually believe that we're communicating with our loved ones because I feel like a lot of us out there, we, we think we are, but we don't know it. You know, like we don't know it until we know it. Like we, we think, we believe kind of, but there's still always that little shred of self-doubt just because society has conditioned us that that isn't real. But either it is real or I'm crazy or both, but I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's definitely like, that has got to be one of the craziest. Well, I'm sure there's crazier out there. That has got to be like the best way for your mediumship to ever turn on because like the idea of being awoken at like, you know, some ungodly hour in the morning with someone screaming your name in the voice of someone who's passed on, you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Right? Like that's so, so crazy. It was literally a voice from beyond the veil because I could feel, feel that like watery shouting, like where he was trying so hard to get my attention a to wake me up and b because like hello i'm on the earth plane he's like above it so mm -hmm. for him to be able to project his voice loud enough to wake me from a sleep state like if anyone knows my family and those of you that don't know now you're gonna know we sleep, sleep solid like my dad could sleep through a fire alarm a tornado a natural disaster no problem he would wake up with the rubble around him and wonder what happened and i'm the same way when i'm sleeping like if i'm out i'm out cold so for him to be able to like use the family way i guess and wake me up like okay i get it you're here for a reason so that's amazing yeah yeah that's that's got to be so crazy and like i can only just imagine your face as you see those butterflies coming by and you're like oh, what yeah I, I actually i was yeah i was definitely in shock but i was like disbelief and like the, you know, when like there's a Family Guy episode where the Kool-Aid guy busts through the wall, <laughs> like that was the expression I experienced was like the, oh yeah, wait, what? Like you just head spins <laughs> around kind of thing. Yeah, that was, that was literally my experience. It took me, I think it took me three days to really actually believe, believe, but like going through the motion, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. But it wasn't until I flew back to Winnipeg where it finally integrated and I had gotten back home to my apartment and I stood in my living room with my luggage. And it just hit. I was like, the real reason why he came to me was because he needed forgiveness. And I have no problem doing that because what's the point of me hanging on to it? And then sure enough, like I said, like the communication with him just turned right up. And um, I never really at the time even considered that mediumship. But now that I've studied it and I have that understanding was like, that's legit what it is. And it's so natural that most humans don't even realize that 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 we all have that, but it's been turned off for a lot of us or we've shut it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, my stories of mediumship are not as like crazy as yours in the sense of like, I had to receive training before. I shouldn't say I had to receive training. I just felt like I needed the training prior to actually turning it on. Um, but I mean, like for me, it's, it's, I would say my ability to communicate works easier with, um, like other divine beings than it is with disincarnated human souls. Mm -hmm. Like I have a hard time. It's almost like for me, it's, it's like 
I don't know, like I'll talk to any telluric being. I will talk to, you know, I, I've communicated with mermaids. Like there's so many cool things I've communicated with that are more like, I don't know, I guess you could say the higher vibration um, okay. to them or a higher frequency. And then to just like try and like almost like ratchet it down to be like, all right, humans speak to me now. Um, it's more challenging, but there's been a few times where I've had someone's loved one come in like loud and clear, like so clear. I'm like, that's what this feels like. Um, and actually one of them was, um, I was doing a Reiki treatment on someone before I was even like, this is very early on in my experience um, doing spiritual stuff. Like I knew mediums existed. I had been to a couple of mediums, um, to get messages and things like that from past over loved ones, but I had never really, um, practiced it myself. I mean, I dabbled in like seances when I was a child, but <laughs> I don't think I actually was connecting with someone. Um, now in hindsight, I probably was, but either way, <laughs> But yeah, so I like, I remember doing this Reiki treatment for um, one of my clients, she had come in. And when I'm closing up the Reiki treatment, one of the things that I usually ask is like, I call forth any of their guides, their angels, their, you know, any divine beings that wish to be present that want to help guide and whatever, and anyone else, like I also call out to the ancestors. And I literally had this like little old lady come running up to me and she's like, me, I'm here pick me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's, it was part of my practice that after my like after my session with someone, I would sit down with them and I would reveal like any sort of messages I got or any different, um, intuitive nudges I got, things like that. So I was like, you know what? I don't quite know if it's this woman, um, if it's her, like her grandma or something, but I don't know. And I kind of like, I hesitated. And then I'm like, you know what? Cause this was before I got a little ballsy. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there and I'm just going to see if it hits. And if it doesn't, then whatever. She's got this cool old lady who's hanging out in her field. If not, then, you know, whatever. So I say to her, I'm like, you know what? I got this sense that there was this old, like this older woman who's hanging around you. And like, no sooner do I have those words out of my mouth and she's already bawling. And I'm like, Okay, cool. So clearly that was nailed it. it. And I, so I continued to explain to her like what the this woman had said and like what like her purpose was at this point um, in time. And she's like, you know what's crazy? I came from my grandmother's grave straight to this appointment, and I didn't like sh this woman had been passed over for a number of years, but she still kind of goes and and like honors her at, at the gravesite and stuff like that and she's like I I'm so shocked that you would even have picked up on it I'm like oh my god I did something amazing <laughs> I love it I love it because again this was this is before I was fully confident on my skills but it, it was it's one of those things where it's like this is it's so like when when it's correct and when it lands the way that it needs to land it can be so profound and I agree that it can help with the, the grieving process, right? Like you're not only providing messages of this person, but you're allowing that bridge to be formed between the living and the past so that they can share whatever forgiveness or 
um, you know, whatever exchange needs to happen so that this disincarnated soul can either continue over onto the afterlife or whatever else, whatever you want to say is out after death. Mm -hmm. Um, or even like, just so that they can kind of move forward in that process, I guess. Right. Like it's, I don't know, this so cool. I know for, for many years, it was one of those things where like, I really wished I could do. And now that I'm doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like nothing. This is cool. Yep. (laughs) I agree. I had a similar experience to like the realization that it's like, I already do this stuff. And I, for me, I actually don't see a difference in communication with a disincarnate soul versus a telluric being or something more up like in the galactic realms, because I've kind of set it as a way for them to present in the same way. And I've made it very clear. Don't approach me from the side or the back. Don't freak me out. When I'm sleeping, it's off limits. When I'm driving, it's off limits. Unless you're going to save my life. I don't need an interruption and like those important things. But yet I've always, I've also said like, please approach me from like the front or have it, have your presence known in a way that I am not going to have my skin crawl because I ain't about that because then I'm going to shut it down anyway. So, so far they've abided and I tend to get it just like at that 45 degree angle of my peripheral vision. So it's not completely in front of me. They're not in my face, but I have the awareness. And I know some people have like, you know, certain sides of the body is like male or female or like higher up is, is elder and lower down is younger. But to me, it's like, I just have this awareness right away. Oh, it's grandpa. Oh, it's uncle. Oh, it's auntie. Or at, at the very least, I get a male or female distinction. And that's just because I think my Claire audience is probably one of my stronger Claire's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get, I could actually physically hear something happening in my head. So. Yeah, that's super cool. I know for me, and I mean, like we could touch on boundaries as well in this episode, but mm-hmm. like for me, when I, I don't know, like I, I didn't really set up like any boundaries that were really like different from yours. Like I was like, yeah, don't interrupt me while I'm sleeping. Don't like come when I'm like having my me time. I kind of had like, if it's go time, I'll let you know. Or, and I've kind of, I don't think I personally installed this door in my brain, but there's like this, this door almost that like, if you are coming to approach me and you do not have like current permission, you have to kind of almost knock at my door. And it's funny because I always hear it. Like it's always in my right ear when it's someone, when it's someone coming through for like, that's not me, like my higher self and, and, um, my guides come through on my left ear. And then when it's like disincarnated soul, or if I'm listening to, um, like an, a channeled message or something, it's always coming through my right ear. Not all the time, but mostly. If it's for someone else, I should say, it'll come through my right ear, which is really interesting. interesting. But yeah, it's like almost like I have, if you imagine like my eardrum as being like a door, it's like when someone's approaching, I'll get like this feeling of like, okay, someone's here. And then it's almost like a little rap at that door, but it doesn't actually make my eardrum move. It's so crazy. Um, but yeah, and then I, as similar to you, I just kind of get the sense of like, oh, okay. So, you know, whether it's male or female, and then I can, depending on how they present themselves, sometimes I know instantly who it is, but I generally get, um, trying to think of like how they come through now. Like it's, it's kind of a combination of like, 
I will see them, but I'll also hear them. So like the clair, uh, clairvoyance and then the clairaudience. And then I just have that, like that knowing. So that sentience as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so funny how our skills kind of blend like that. And like your exit, like your experiences of mediumship could be completely different from mine, yet we could still have the same connection with the same person. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. That's kind of like my tell. I know I've said to them too, like, Oh, like maybe play with my hair or something, but like, I don't really have a, I don't know. I've never really been super spooked out by ghosts or like disincarnated souls. So like, to me, it's not really something that they need to like, Oh, don't sneak up on me. Cause I'm just like, Oh, cool. I've got this like <laughs> bubble around me that like, if you hit it, it's just like, Oh, someone's here. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to pay more attention now just to see if I have a difference between which side of the hearing I'm hearing it on. So that's a really cool tell. I like that. I'll have to explore that a little bit more. Um, yeah, I've had them. I've also said to like play with my hair as well. But um, for some people that might feel invasive, but I kind of look at it as like, if I don't have the awareness and you need to get my attention, then I'm okay with something like that. But I choose not, not the entities I choose because that's essentially an energetic boundary. And you would have that same boundary with a human incarnate. So why not also have that boundary with the disincarnates if you're opening yourself up to having those communications? And I also, th- I feel like most disincarnates, maybe, oh, maybe not most, but the ones that come to me aren't here to spook me or to freak me out, um, but they are here because they've got something to tell me, whether that's a family member or my clients. And so for you to, not you, but like for us to be able to bridge that for them, like that also really helped solidify for me that confidence. But for sure, about a year and a half ago, I definitely doubted myself a little bit more despite having those experiences in 2016. Because if you're not using it all the time, you kind of shut it down and you go back to muggle life for a little while and you just go through the motion of working a day job plus working an evening job and only having one day off a week and that's your food prep day. Woo! Like you don't really like go into the psychic abilities as much. And so I feel like I shut a lot of that down and yet I still just maintain that personal connection with my dad just for my own personal reasons, just because it's my dad. Like, of course I want to keep talking to the guy. He's freaking hilarious when he's not grumpy. Even when he's grumpy, sometimes it's funny. Because you tend to, you know, like you make mistakes, you drop something on the floor, and it's like, oh, that's karma. And meanwhile, he smashed his toe or something. Like, and he would laugh along eventually, but he'd usually swear at me first because that's just the relationship that we had. But um, that doubt crept in more so when I started actually seeking clients, where it was like, okay, what if I screw up? Like, but I almost forgot that the whole point of me being that bridge for the client is for them to validate. And if I get something wrong, okay, that's a lesson in my discernment where I can ask a different question or ask for clarification or figure out, is this mine or is this theirs or is this an interference? And now that I have that experience, like I had a chuckle to myself last year when we were going through the training that we had and I was doubting myself so much that I'm like, it's so funny to me. And yet like in a weird and twisted morbid sense of humor kind of way, because despite the amount of doubt that I've had, I've had quite the mediumship initiation this year. Like mm-hmm. I've had a few f- different members of my family pass away. Um, one of which is my like dear, dear uncle. And he, like, I almost had the awareness that he was gone before we had it confirmed just because I tapped into his energy and I was like, Hmm, what's going on here? Like, 
is it like, you know, are you, are you dead? <laughs> and the response I got was with his typical, typical like adamants, well, I'm not dead. But then I sat back and I was like, hmm, that felt like more of his typical sass than truth. So what is going on here? Do we need to do wellness check? Yes. Okay. So we did. And that was when we confirmed that he had passed a few days prior. And it was heartbreaking and devastating and shocking at first, but realizing that I had the awareness of him energetically, I was like, okay, again, the father line being the strong part to bring through that mediumship. And it really wiped away all of the doubts that I had in the year when I was working with clients and like the clients that I had have all validated me. So like they've confirmed the things that I've pulled through and it's been super powerful. So it was almost like I needed that other final catalyst in the family to mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is you. And to be fair, even though the family doesn't talk about it that much, personally, I have an opinion that my uncle was psychic and he just didn't admit it or didn't know how to harness those tools for himself. Because again, mm-hmm. old school, right? Like growing up in a different world. And he was very creative. And him and I would just joke about things. And when we were shopping together, we would like, just have this look from across the aisle and we would already know what each other was thinking. And then we would talk about it in the car, the drive home in the last couple of years. And it's just like, you don't even realize those little intuitive hits actually become part of the skills that you, you need to bring forward. And when I realized that he, like, despite the shock of, of accepting that he had passed, it was almost like, I don't need to grieve him in the same way because it's not a loss. It's literally, he's left his human body that's that's the whole point of humanity like you come here you do some cool stuff and then you leave <laughs> like that's how I kind of look at it so, so poetic right yeah, oh yeah super poetic over here um I'm poetic in my Instagram posts maybe not on video <laughs> oh geez um but yeah he uh he definitely he's a character for any of you out there that are listening and you have mediumship skills if you tap in I'm sure he'll have something funny to say to you because he likes to, he likes to play a little bit. And um, the running joke was, so when my dad passed, um, my uncle was actually bedside when my dad passed. And then my uncle, my uncle was the only one in the place because my family had left to come home and have lunch and change and then go back. In the time that my family had left, my, my uncle remained. My dad took his took his last breath, which is like typical of my dad. He wants to do it his own way. That's like, I think the, the father line, they got to do things their own way. Then, because my uncle was there by himself, didn't really know how to get a hold of anybody. Couldn't, or, or else if he tried, he didn't get through because they were not quite home yet. So my uncle leaves the hospital. This is while he's still alive, you guys. Obviously. Leaves the hospital. <laughs> disappears off the planet of of earth for like an hour and a half couldn't find anywhere like he didn't even live that far from the hospital where my dad was but yeah it was about 90 minutes before we found the guy so we lost my uncle the day that my dad passed away and then after my uncle passes away we're looking for some key items identification house keys that kind of stuff the stuff that you need for a week now it was about a week and a half before we found it and i was trying really hard to get some information from this guy i reached out to my friends i reached out to my circle i was like yo i got a group full of mediums help me out here he was giving all of you the runaround. he was playing jokes and like he thought it was just funny and that's typical of my uncle like his 
I can hear his laughter right now, like just like rip roaring and thinking it's so entertaining that like we couldn't find anything, but it's because the man didn't actually keep anything. He had a drawer full of wallets, like 15, 20 wallets, not a single slice of ID or money in any one of them because he was just keeping these. And I guess he changed them more often than women change purses, which I think is hilarious. But this is just my uncle's personality. So mediumship skills are fantastic, except when they want to mess around with you because they can still bring through their true energy and and that fun-loving jokester parts. And like, those are the two biggest impacts from my dad and his brother, my uncle, um, in my life. Like, my sense of humor is weird and twisted because of them. Like, my mom has a sense of humor too, but it's just my genuine sense of humor is those goofballs. So if I ever like flip off into a dad joke, you know, it's one of them. It's not probably not even me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I remember when you were asking too, cause I know your uncle, um, after you'd found out that your uncle had passed, I know he came to visit me as well. I was like, <laughs> Oh, that was fun too. Cause I was like, I think I described him as like kind of a prankster or a jokester or something like that. Like he came to me and he was laughing. It was like oh, yeah. the weirdest thing ever. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I remember you asking, like, can you find his, like, can you ask him about his keys and his wallet? And like, he gave me the weirdest, like, not description of where they were, but it was like, he didn't, he was having fun laughing at you guys trying to find it. And that, oh, yeah. that was like his, his kicks. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. He liked so to make funny. us chase around for him. That was for sure. Which is literally like the man stopped driving, stopped riding his bike and would rely on the family to take him for the major grocery shops. But for the most part, he remained and as independent as he possibly could, um, which is convenient to where he lived because he could get to most things on foot or on a quick bus ride. Um, but you know, when you're carrying like a bag of flour and you know your case of pop that you want, like obviously it's a nice time of vehicle, but mm. he, so we literally spent our lifetime chasing him around physically for groceries or the bank or whatnot. But then like, we would have such laughs and like, jokes and he would tell me family stories that probably were only half truths and it'd be his version of the story you know to make himself be the be the sly guy out of it all but it's all in good fun and um for for him to like present that way to my mediumship friends as well when we're trying to get answers it's like uncle we need to know where this stuff is but really he's like what do I care I'm dead well thanks to you <laughs> like that's just the sense of humor that I get come through and like Man, if every single like like I if every single mediumship for me can be comedian instead of, you know, the like the deep gut wrenching kinds of things, like I mean, I'm happy to bridge that information to you because it's healing. But like we have to remember that if they're presenting, like they would likely present to you in the shape that you remember them. And it's consistent even with people that have never met him. Because in our circle, there's people from North, like all over North America, the UK and like Australia, New Zealand. And in that group, none of, most of you guys have, I don't think any of you met him in person actually. And you all got similar signatures with him and, you know, making fun of us for running around like chickens with their heads cut off looking for his information, which we did sort of find, but not really. Cause I actually don't think the matter kept a keychain, which explains why it took him five minutes to get into his house at night when we would drop him off late. Cause he was stubborn and wouldn't have a light above his door. And like, you know, you got to twist the key this way and then I'll switch the key and twist it the other way and switch for another key. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Um, my family is definitely a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> that could go anyway. <laughs> Depends yeah. on the day. Well, and it's, it's interesting to note too, because I, I, you had said that like, you know, 
people are coming through and like the personalities and the energies that they came across in life. And I think that is very true. Um, I think most mediums out there can attest to that as well. But I think it's also interesting to note as well that they may also present with all of their 4D like emotions and beliefs and like, you know, Akashic records that are being held in that, that I guess, energy field. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes, I mean, I haven't encountered this yet personally, but I know, you know, in, in training and things like that, that we've kind of discussed that, you know, sometimes we have to do the healing work for that ancestor or that passed over loved one um, when you're actually in session with their, I guess, you know, currently still living mm-hmm. loved person, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, which is really interesting. And like, it's kind of like, I see that as like a session inception, you know, where you're doing a session like on that. someone who's like in session. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I think clients have come to the table looking for those answers um so I haven't had like a surprise show up yet but I'm sure it'll happen like and I'm that's fine like that's the whole point mm-hmm. of it right because you never really know who in your family line is going to hold the key for you and if you have the ability to tap into that information and call forward an ancestor and have a conversation with them to help unwind something in your client or in yourself or in your own family line like that is super powerful work and it really, it really feels like as powerful as it is, it also just feels like every day to me, like if it comes up in conversation naturally, organically, like that's for me, that's, it's like the best part because it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's why I was meant to be on this bus on this day. This is why this random stranger walked up to me, or this is why this client booked in today kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost feel like I get primed a little bit where there's a bit of a theme happening and then all of a sudden it shows up again in the client or it shows up in my life after the fact. It's like, oh, okay, I get that. Cool. Now who on my team can I call forward? You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just, I don't know. The mediumship is just such a, it, it seems like, I don't want to call it a simple skill because it's definitely not a simple skill, but it's. Mm-hmm now that I can do it and that I've, I've actually practiced using it a few times or more than a few times, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's literally like having a conversation, you know? And like, I remember growing up and watching, you know, ghost whisperer, all the most haunted shows, all the stuff, like all the different TV shows with like the mediums and like, you know, and it's always sounded so like mysterious and woo, you know, and crazy. And it's just like, you know, I was, for example, if you've ever watched Ghost Whisperer, it was like Jennifer Love Hewitt was oh, yes. the main character and she was the medium. And then she would literally see the spirits as if you were seeing like, you know, my cat who's sitting across the room, right? Like, yeah, it was so crazy. And I mean, like that kind of media kind of, I don't want to say it taints the way that you see mediumship, but it changes the way that you would expect it. And then when I actually sit down and I actually practice mediumship or I use mediumship and whatever it is, it's literally like, oh, okay. It's like having a conversation with you, except it's in my head. (laughs) You know, (laughs) most of the time I'm not speaking out loud being like, all right, fellow loved one, (laughs) tell me your secrets. (laughs) 
you know, some days I feel like I need to sit with a crystal ball in front of me and go, Ooh, but most of the time (laughs) it's just like having a conversation, just like, you know, you would, like you said, with your uncle, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's coming across in the same energy as he does in death as he has in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I wonder what the value in Hollywood quote unquote bastardizing the psychic realm is because I feel like there's a pretty consistent script in what they choose and how they portray these things and like even the paranormal stuff too has kind of that tainted me for a little while because I really got nervous about having paranormal stuff show up while doing mediumship but to me those are two separate things and paranormal episode is next week during Halloween week Um, So we'll dive into that one later, but I feel like there is some, I don't know what the right word is. The word that I want to use, I probably shouldn't say, but like, why is it that Hollywood is trying to distort something that is actually so natural to the human? And what is the value in having that shut down in humanity? That is a very good question. Um, but I think if you look at, I mean, this could be a whole other episode in and of <laughs> itself of how Hollywood presents everything. Writing it um, down. <laughs> right? List it. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because I think that, how do I even describe it? I feel like there is definitely a motive behind it you know there's definitely a reason why they're presenting it to be that way and I would hazard a guess and like I feel like the whole not the whole purpose but like if you can you know you know because you grew up too but as you grow up it's kind of almost like you're told not to trust those intuitive nudges or those inner voices or you know whatever it is that's coming through for you right Mm -hmm. and I feel like Hollywood does this to make it seem more out of reach or more mystical than it really is so that maybe there is more doubt when you actually practice those skills right like Mm -hmm. almost if too like I mean we can look at any practical magic type of movie or like you know hocus pocus whatever like I mean not that I'm fully versed in witchcraft and like witchy stuff because I've dabbled but that was about it but I feel like there's definitely been more of a a sinister side to it it's either it's it's played one of two ways like witchy stuff right on in Hollywood it's either um super sinister and scary and you shouldn't touch it or ha ha ha, it's so funny. Ah, oh, it's not even real. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like if you think of it, I think most of the spiritual things come off that way, right? Even you can even get into like alien movies, right? Like, look at the alien movies. Look at Signs, for example. How creepy was that movie? But then, like, you know, you get a little freaked out. And I like, I think that was one of the reasons why I never wanted to communicate with aliens or galactics or anything like that. I was like, nope, space is creepy. Don't want it. (laughs) Don't want it. It's creepy. Go away. 
Yeah. Cause I think it was like the fourth encounter or like, um, was it something about the fourth encounter? I don't know. I can't remember the movie title, but it freaked me out. It was about alien abductions. The fifth close encounters of the fifth kind. Yes, that was it. And it scared the shit out of me. (laughs) But like, (laughs) but not like really horrible, like to the point where I was like, oh my God, aliens are real. It was more like that was really unsettling. And then I came home and my cousin was staying at my grandparents' place who they actually had like um. Uh, a, a trailer on my mom's property and I came home and I guess you know I'm just doing my stuff it was like late at night it was maybe one two o'clock in the morning and I had bent over my passenger side seat to get something and I turned back and I see this white thing flying at me and I'm like oh it actually <laughs> it was actually my cousin and she <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why she decided to come running at me with her arms wide open like this. (laughs) But she was out for a smoke or something and on my uh, grandparents' deck and she like came running at my car and she was like, whoa, how is it going? And I'm like, you freaking terrified the shit out of me. (laughs) Like, I thought I was going to be abducted by aliens. (laughs) Oh, it was hilarious. And then, and then of course, you know, she was saying like, oh, the actually the other night I was hearing owls hooting. And apparently that was, if I remember correctly, because I wiped that whole movie out of my mind. There was a point in the movie that was like, the aliens are coming when the owls are hooting. And I'm like, they're already here. It was terrifying. And now fast forward, like, I don't know, 10 years and look at what we do. (laughs) I love space now. I love talking with the galactics. Ha! This is fun. It's <laughs> great. It's so great. I would say that I'm going to unofficially blame Hollywood for my un, unjustified fears of mediumship because mm-hmm. it's really more the paranormal stuff that freaks me out. And like, I'm starting to under have a different understanding of what that is. Um, but like, yeah, like the fanfare of the different, like the Long Island medium and all those other different shows, like John Edwards, I think was the other one that my mom used to watch all the time mm-hmm. regularly. And the theme was always so, like, gut-wrenching, beautiful validations for these families. And, like, I'm not trying to sound asinine or crass, but I really think that, like, the grieving process, like, for most of the humanity on this planet could really be saved a lot of pain if we really knew that we could actually just contact our loved ones Mm -hmm. just by, like, thinking about them, talking about them out loud. And it really breaks my heart to watch others continue to deepen their grieving process every year when they celebrate the death of the loved one and their birthdays and the oh I wish they were here like not to minimize if that's how your family is doing it and that's how you're coping but are you actually healing or are you causing more pain for yourself your loved one who's passed on like because sometimes when we hang on too tightly that also prevents them from fully crossing over and then you need a mediumship appointment to help you out with that and Mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware with the knowledge that I know about disincarnate souls now they actually are not as helpful disincarnate as they are when they do cross over fully because if they're being if they're being held back for something whether that's a an unfinished contract or an agreement or because a loved one is hanging on so tightly to them then they haven't been able to let go of them and let them process and move forward like I wouldn't want to be responsible for holding someone else's soul back because I wouldn't want someone else to hold me back. So mm-hmm. I really look at it as like, we need to be aware that 
like we need to be aware of our emotions when we when we when we do this thing because if we're just continuing to perpetuate the same emotional loop at what point does it shift for you and why are you choosing that over your healing and i almost feel like once as, as soon as i like did the forgiveness with my with my it's not with my uncle um with my dad it was like he got louder in my field louder in my presence and i was like i could call on him anytime and he would show up right away and he would have a wisecrack chirping in my ear about something and he's given me a lot of awareness of what's going on in the family that i wasn't even aware of just because i put my blind blinders on going through it so i almost feel like that hollywood aspect has kind of prevented us from being open society in general the school system also shuts that kind of stuff down your parents maybe are fearful of it and so they they don't believe in it or they don't want you to believe in it so they like you know shut down that aspects for you too but then when the time comes when someone close to you does pass away and you don't know how to cope with it i really feel like it really can be simply solved with just talk to them talk to them out loud talk to them in your head write them a letter guaranteed they're going to be with you whether you're riding with them whether they're riding with you in the car on the way to the gravesite or whether they're at the gravesite but like I don't think that there's a whole bunch of disincarnate souls hanging around the graveyard. I'm pretty sure they're actually <laughs> going back home again with their families. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just save. like, just sitting there in front of their tombstones. Yeah. I wonder if my family's going to visit me today. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. Then, like, oh, I remember having that conversation with my dad when I was really young. Like, I think, okay, my sister was born. So, or my sister was alive, I should say. So I was probably, I'm going to say like seven, maybe eight years old. And I know his aunt had just passed. And I remember having this conversation with him because I know like he was really upset. This was like the first time I'd ever seen my dad cry. It was kind of crazy. Um, and so being the young girl that I was, I was like, um, okay, this is really interesting. And I tried to make sense in my head about cemeteries because I'm like, I can't remember the exact words, obviously, that I had said to my dad, but it was something to the effect of, I don't understand why humans need to have a place to go to, like a cemetery, when they can just, like, they're all around. And again, this was, I was a very profound child. <laughs> Amazing. I was very precocious. I had, apparently I was super spiritually gifted in my childhood, but I don't remember most of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I remember telling him that and like being like, I don't understand. Like, why, why do we do this? Like it's, it, to me, it was stupid. I was like, what's the point? And he just like looked at me like he was so hurt by it mm. that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Not going to bring that up again. But like, now being the adult and looking back at it I'm like okay I can see why there would be maybe in like a need for it for humans who have been disconnected like it's a place obviously for your body to rest um you know and and like this could be another whole topic about like cultural like death and dying practices and ceremonies Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but like where was I going with this yeah so anyways like for him having that place to to see his aunt's body going to rest was all he needed to find that closure or that like that solace right like you you really want to make sure that your family member or a loved one is going to you know a good place 
But then to my little brain, I'm like, all right, cool. But like, if they're all around you and you can talk to them at any point in time, it just changes the, like, you just have to change the way that you talk to them. Then what difference does it make? You know? And so having this mediumship skill, which is like, "Uh uh-huh, now I see where I was coming from with that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's super, super interesting. You were a very wise young one. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, these stories are coming back to me now that we talk a little bit more. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've got a few more stories that I'll tell you later on, but it's amazing. I should, I, you know what? And it's really interesting because I don't have a lot of remembrance of my childhood now, which is like really weird. Cause I like, I feel like I had a really, maybe not memorable childhood, but I feel like there was like really key points in my childhood that I should probably remember, but I don't actually. And like, I really kind of want to ask my mom and my dad, like, tell me more about when I was a child. Cause like my dad has some crazy stories of me just like telling him random shit. And I'm just like, I can't even imagine like what I actually was meaning by that. Like random off topic. There was, um, one, my dad was telling me one day that I used to, like, I would tell him that I would, I could fly. And he's like, okay, well, if you could fly, how, how do you, like, what do you do? And he, I'm, I was telling him like, I fly down the river. Cause this was the time where we lived, um, North of Selkirk. So we lived right close to the river. Um, and he, I was telling him, like, I fly down the river and my wings touch the trees. And he's like, okay, but how do you land? And I'm like, I just get, like, I just skim the tops of the trees until I slow down. And he's like, okay. Like, I had an answer for every question he was asking me. And it was like, I, it wasn't like, you know, the child who has to, like, sit back and think and be like, oh, yeah, so this makes logical sense. It was like, literally, I was just, like, spouting it off. And he's like, <laughs> okay, small child. <laughs> yeah so many fun stories that is yeah and you know I'm like when I used to work with children certain ages like especially when they're still single digit ages they really stand strong and tall in their conviction that whatever story they're telling you is real to them Mm -hmm. and I really see how the public school system shuts that down but I was definitely that teacher that like, I had this one student come over to me and she was fantastic with making silly voices. And she comes up to one day casually and she's like, you know, I'm a witch, right? And then she cackled, <laughs> like small child. And I looked around the room to make sure there wasn't any other adults around. And I was like, me too. And that was it. I was her bestie for the rest of the school year, right? And she was one of my most like challenging kids to settle. But after that, that was all she heard. And I'm like, it's probably not ethical because she probably believes me, but I actually do practice it. So it's not really a lie. <laughs> and so what? whatever, it worked with Bonnie. And I like, I would just like, I'd love to go back with the lensing that I have now and just be a fly on the wall again to, to my past experiences as in teaching, just to see what other little nuggets I would pick up from my students because we were so conditioned to, to make their make-believe wrong Mm -hmm. and I think that's actually the first step in shutting it down and yet this age group is also very fascinated by the paranormal and they're drawn in and and it's super interesting to see the trends and how fear plays into it all right and I think ultimately that is like the the basis of it is like the fear of the unknown, especially with Hollywood, like that's what they play on. And that's great. That's making them the big bucks. That's what we pay them for. That's what the entertainment industry is about. 
But then to bring it back and be like, okay, where are the shreds of truth in this? Because those are the trails we want to be on. We can't just take everything for face value. And if I were to take everything for face value, I would still be a chicken shit about mediumship and only communicating with my dad and my uncle who passed on rather than helping bridge these connections with my clients. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely value in knowing, but I can also see the value in not knowing and the value in holding that information back, right? Because I think if the whole world was psychic, it would look much different than what's going on in the world right now. Well, and maybe we are trending in that direction. Um, but like, yeah, it would it would be very, it'd be very interesting if the whole world knew like their innate abilities. Because I, I believe that intuition is a muscle and the more you use it, mm-hmm. the more it's like weightlifting, right? Like the more you use it, the more you build up that muscle, mm-hmm. the stronger that muscle becomes, the easier it is for you to do whatever X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to, I mean, like if you want to have that intuitive nudge of like, oh, you should do this or you should not do this, then flex that muscle. You want to communicate with uh, disincarnated souls of your past loved ones, then flex that muscle. Start small, right? Um, it like some of the things that I see when I communicate with people who are like when I actually meet with my clients. And they're telling me about their past over loved ones. They all often say like, oh, I'll, I'll be thinking about my, you know, my loved one. And then I'll find a dime laying on the floor or like somewhere that like a dime wouldn't normally be or a feather or like some other small little object. And I'll be like, oh, that's so crazy. And I'm like, dude, that's your, like, that's your loved one telling you that they are there and that you can communicate with them, but you just choose not to, like you. Not that you choose not to. That's not the correct words. You just don't know that you can. Yes. And it's it's so, so funny. I have, um, there's a woman I work with whose sister has passed away. Um, she passed a couple of years ago now. Um, and it's really funny because it's like, she tells me, this this woman that I work with, she tells me every time I work with her, she can smell her sister's perfume. And like, she's talked to me. She's like, what do you use for body wash? What do you use for your hair care? What do you do? Because she's thinking, she's convinced it's me. And I'm like, it may, it like, it may be me that like, I am the bridge. Yeah, not in the way she thinks. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not in the way she thinks. But it's funny because like, when I tap in, her sister doesn't want to talk to me. She just wants, like, I guess I, how to phrase it. Her sister doesn't want to communicate through me. She just wants my coworker to know that she can communicate with her. Like she, that she hears her, that she gets her. Mm -hmm. And like, whenever I tap in, that's kind of the message I get. It's just like, I'm here and I'm, I'm with her. I'm like, I'm going through this stuff. I understand. And like, she's got all these like loving messages that I have to like covertly like slip into conversation because I can't just be like, yo, so I'm talking to your sister over here and this is what she's saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have to definitely play your audience a little bit. And yeah. I find that like, again, like we as humans tend to underestimate our power and our abilities, right? And I really learned you have to be specific in what you're asking um, because yes, dimes tend to be a common thing and yes, feathers tend to be a common thing, but you know what? 
it's also migrating season right now. So if I come across five white feathers, like there's a good chance that it probably was just the seagulls up ahead. But if I come across a blue feather from a blue jay that's not commonly around in this fielded area, that's going to be a little bit more of a loud noise for me than, you know, the, mm -hmm. like the five other white feathers that are among it. Or if you're nowhere near, like if you're indoors and you see a feather, that would be different also, right? So that mm -hmm. is like, for sure. I also learned that with my uncle because when I had asked him if he was dead and I got the sass back, it was like, okay, did you leave your body? And then I didn't get an answer. And I was like, okay. That was when we was like, we realized like, okay, we better go check. So mm -hmm. if you're not that specific, yes, anything could be a sign. But also when you are specific, it makes it a lot harder to deny it. And you have to believe the answer when it shows up because you can't then doubt it because I don't know that I would have gotten a fourth ask with the butterflies unless I had like a whole bunch of them swarm my body. And I don't know if I would have been open to having them land on me. Just saying. <laughs> See, and that's what happens when you ask for a signier sign. Yeah. <laughs> a signier sign. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, any last parting words about our stories before we kind of wrap up this episode? It's a little bit longer this time. Is it? No, we like to talk, do we? I know, I know. We're going to have to really try to stick to at least a 60-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be some places that we can zip-zap, but that's all good. Um, I don't think there's anything else that I can, that I need to add that can't maybe be added into our, our next episode when we chat about the paranormal, which I'm super excited about too. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear a witch hat for that. That only will half show up on the video. <laughs> yes, that's not. We should totally dress up. I am down for costumes anytime. <laughs> it's a good time. Perfect. All right. So, um, I don't think I have anything else to say either. Like it's it's been a pretty interesting episode. Um, I think if anyone has any questions, they're more than welcome to like connect with us through our respective. Um, you know, social media pages or yep. like in the comments or, you know, wherever you find this, reach out to us somehow. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at heal with Aaron Mindy. That is H E A L H. Yeah. H E A L. Wow. I can't spell. <laughs> Try that again. That's at H E A L W I T H E R I N. M-I-N-D-I. And then you can also find me um, on Facebook with the same um, at. And uh, yeah, how can we find you, Carol? You can find me uh, on Instagram at Elevate with Carol Sky, E-L-E-V-A-T-E, W-I-T-H-C-A-R-O-L-S-K-Y, and my website, carolsky.ca. Yes, I forgot my website, <laughs> which is www erinmindy.ca awesome <laughs> awesome well then we will sign off for this episode stay tuned for the next one because that'll thanks. be i think that'll be tons of fun thanks for listening okay bye bye